For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, pay dirt! Pay dirt! Oh, Canada. I'm kidding. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Pater Podcast. I'm Tom Hannafin. He is Matt McGloin. Penn State is now seven and four after defeating the Rutgers Scarlet Knights at home on senior day by a score of 28 to nothing in a game that in the first half was a real snoozer and then actually picked up in the second half and uh, largely due to the insertion of backup quarterback, the Canadian Christian Veyu, who had himself a hell of a day in a game that is being dubbed by a lot of people in the media. I won't take credit for this, even though I tweeted it. The flu and Veyu game. There was so much happening, apparently, with this program over the last few days that only got announced really on Saturday morning. So there's a lot to dive into in terms of uh, the week from hell. It absolutely sounds like for a lot of the players and coaches in terms of dealing with the flu and then who's going to play all these things. And then coming down to the game on the field, a lot of questions about Sean Clifford, clearly his health. Uh, he was part of that group that was bitten by the flu. He's been injury plagued all season. Then Veyu comes in. So there's a lot that we can take away from this. And obviously, one more game on the schedule, but we're going to focus on this Rutgers game first off. But thank you all for liking, commenting, subscribing, and turning on notifications. We're back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code believe 50 that's b-l-e-a-v five zero to receive your bonus from basketball football baseball the nhl boxing ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2021 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports the pater podcast is presented by bet online where the game starts and of course, Funk Brewing is the official craft beer partner of the Pater podcast. And finally, Matt, after a lot of ups and downs, a victory is a good reason to crack open a Funk Brewing beer, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, they, they do a great job. These guys each and every year, they help me out with my golf tournament. So it's a fantastic brewery. Great people that run it. You know, I had uh, a can of the Cozy ipa this past weekend tom the uh, cinnamon plum tea ipa my gosh is it smooth i had uh, a can of uh, <laughs> i had a can of it's called casual it's a lager you know it's a lighter beer it was smooth crisp um fantastic so these guys do a tremendous job a ton of different beer um they're down in emmaus uh and elizabethtown they have they have two different locations but you know I'm pretty sure, Tom, that you can walk in any grocery store, any distributor around you, and they're going to have funk, funk beer there. 
You're a hundred percent right. Uh, and I highly encourage people to check out their citrus IPA and silent disco IPA. Those are two of my personal favorites. Uh, trust me, their fresh, funky flavors will satisfy your craft beer loving taste buds. So for more information, visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Well, even though we're almost on to winter, I'm not sure exactly when that starts. I know fall is here and we could all use a stiff breeze. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, confidence can take you far in life. It can also help you in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. Guys, there's nothing more attractive than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code PAYDIRT at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code PAYDIRT to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the PayDirt podcast. All right, Matt. So a uh, complicated weekend and week altogether for Penn State football. I want to address the circumstance of the flu bug that went through the uh, the program. Um, there was a report uh, courtesy of PennLive.com that said 35 players uh, were bit by this flu bug. And I just want to emphasize it was not COVID, which is great to hear. But at the same time, uh, from James Franklin's mouth himself, he said, it was a lot of vomiting and a lot of IVs. Sorry if I'm turning stomachs, but uh, it sounds like a, that's exactly what was happening. It was pretty much a miracle, uh, according to the coaching staff, for the guys that did actually go out there on the field and play. I'm looking at guys like Sean Clifford. Uh, I think Jahan Dotson also was struggling with the flu late in the week. So um, it, it was really a, a testament to the toughness of the players and the coaching staff. The guys who were sick actually went out and played and tried to make it to Saturday. And then I can only imagine being the coaching staff and just sitting there waiting for the phone to ring and being like, I don't know who's available. Like, who are we going to have suit up and play? So, Matt, my question to you is, have you ever experienced something like that where you know a bug just went through the team or have you had to play with uh, something like that, flu-like symptoms? You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you can't like you obviously deal with a ton of different things throughout the course of a season, right? You know, the flu, colds, you know, injuries, just your your body wears down and it breaks down throughout the season. And that's why so that's why rest, recovery, stretching, you know, being in the weight room, sticking to a schedule is so important, Tom. Like you can't afford to get hurt. You can't afford to get sick. It's just not happening. You're not going to miss practice. You're not going to miss meetings. You're not going to miss lift. That that you, that you don't even think about that stuff. So whether you're feeling like crap or you're feeling good, it doesn't matter. You're there. It's funny. One of the things like I always used to think of whenever I was like, like, you know, feeling under the weather, or whatever, you know, or anything like that. I used to think to myself, I'm like, well, 
Cal Ripken probably didn't feel good every day. You know, so <laughs> the Iron I Man, said, yeah. <laughs> I'm obviously I'll, you know, not Cal Ripken, but like that's like it's just I feel like it's so much so much more mental than anything, right? Because you don't feel good on a lot of days and you know, obviously football each and every day, you know, you're out there with the same people, you're in the locker room with the same guys in the weight room in the film room. So if one guy gets sick, you know, you're going to get sick. The rest mm. of the team's going to get sick, which sounds like that's what Penn State was dealing with, man. But, you know, Dayquil, uh, you know, uh, take all that stuff, whatever, whatever you can take, man, right. to just to get yourself to feeling good, to be able to get through practice and then rest up, man. You do you, you time. You do everything you can to make it to Saturday. Right. Mm. And for and for me, um, I knew I was a type of player that I couldn't miss practice. Like I couldn't afford to miss practice because I I needed those physical reps, right? I needed to do it. I needed to see it before I went out there and did it on Saturday. So again, whether I was feeling terrible or whether I was feeling good, I was always out there trying to practice. And like as a football player, again, you hide how you're really feeling sometimes Mm -hmm. because you don't want to lose your job, right? There's always that fear that if I'm not out there, if I'm not playing, somebody else is going to step in and do that job better than me. And Tom, look, you're never missing a Saturday at Beaver Stadium. You know what I mean? Like, Especially senior ever, day for a lot of those ever, guys. Ever, ever, man. So again, I, I know I've been there before. I know how tough it is to be, to be whatever, battling injuries, battling sickness, battling the flu, whatever it may be, and then to push through it and go out there and focus for 60 minutes and, and play a football game. And get a win. And get a win yeah. when the program yeah. really needed it. Um, I, as a mere mortal, I, I think I've had the flu once, and it knocked me on my backside for a good couple of days. So, I mean, I don't know how you then suit up and, and attempt to play football. I remember, I remember, uh, I remember I had like a little stomach bug at Penn State, like a little twenty four, like a little twenty four hour bug. Yeah, and I remember waking up and I'm like, oh my god, I don't feel good. So, uh, went over to the facility and like just doctor gave me Pedialyte. You know, just trying to stay hydrated, right? Yeah. And then, sure enough, we go out to the practice field. One of the first plays we run was like a quarterback reverse pass. So I had to, <laughs> I had, <laughs> I had to pitch it. And then, obviously, they, you know, running back flips the wide receiver, and here I am running down the sideline, thinking to myself, "I'm like, this isn't good. I feel awful." Right now. <laughs> you were thinking, the- <laughs> "This is just going to be a nice light day. Just a couple <laughs> throws, little five step, seven step drop at most. I'll be okay." Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can feel like I feel like my stomach rumbling as I'm running down the sideline. It was ah, uh, it oh. was rough. But yeah, again, man, you just you fight through it. You push through it. You know. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely hard, man. It, it definitely it definitely takes a toll on you mentally. And a lot of guys attempted to do that. And it, it gives some perspective, I hope, to Penn State fans who uh, were watching Sean Clifford go out there and try to play quarterback. So Sean was one of the many that was bit by this flu bug and was still feeling the symptoms we understand um, Saturday right before kickoff to the point that Christian Veyu was reported to be taking the first team snaps um, in the warmups before the game. Um, and he'd been declared recently as the number two uh, quarterback on the depth chart. So it wasn't like all that much of a surprise, but it was still like, okay. And then Sean Clifford is declared as the starter and Sean goes out there and he just does not look like himself. Ultimately, he finishes two of eight, 23 yards, two carries for four yards. Like, It was a combination, Matt, of watching a guy who, A, we know has been physically banged up since the Wisconsin game in week one. And now he's battling a flu like 
the 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 word that Thomas Frank Carr used on Blue White Illustrated's post game show that we did yesterday on YouTube. He said he didn't look operational, and I thought that was the perfect way to put mm-hmm. it. Um, when you watched Sean play, what did you think? Yeah, you knew something was wrong, right? I mean, and he could definitely still be dealing with that midsection injury, right? That rib injury mm-hmm. that we talked From about. The Iowa game, and yeah. even looking back on this this season now, Tom, right? And that's something that you know you tend to do once you're heading into the last game of the year. You just sit back and you think about, you know, first off, how fast the year has gone. Right, football season it always sneaks up on you, and then it boom, it's over just like that. Um, you know, you look at a lot of the positives, a lot of the negatives throughout the season, and for me, the one thing that I just I can't get away from Tom is how they handled that injury with Sean Clifford. I can't, I cannot get away from that. You know, because and we talked about it, right? How are you going to handle that injury when it occurred? Because it is not something that you want to have to deal with for the rest of the season. Um, they just I, they didn't have a plan for it. It didn't seem like they were even willing to entertain the idea of having somebody else play quarterback at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after watching Vayu play Saturday, how, how did you not know that that kid can do that for you mm. do you know what i mean mm. right yeah. i'm not saying like i'm not saying and i know we'll, we'll we'll talk about his performance here in a few minutes and i'm not saying he went in there and wowed everybody but he played about as well as you can possibly play for your mm-hmm. first time in as a quarterback mm-hmm. how did you not know he was capable of doing that though four weeks ago do you, know, do you know what I'm saying, Tom? Like, Oh, no. You, I saw so many people on social media saying, why wasn't he put in uh, in the Iowa game instead of Taquan Roberson? And it, it might be something we just never know the answer to. We really are, are hoping to get a clearer evaluation from the coaches of maybe what they saw up until that point. But you have to remember, the guy hadn't even been on campus that long. And you give the guy a, a lot of slack because, A, he's a freshman. B, the last competitive game that he started was in 2019 at the high school level. And by the way, that was his first season of American football because he was playing Canadian football before that. There's a transition from one game to the next. So give the guy slack that he was getting into the system and learning. And it was great to see him injected into the perfect situation for him to be successful against Rutgers at home, low pressure situation ultimately. And nobody saw him coming. Rutgers had no concept of what his tendencies were. So everything was working in his favor, but we might never know the answer. If the coaches really believed him at that point, if they're holding him back, how he felt about his own maturation, how he felt about his own confidence in mastering the offense and throwing the ball. So I'm with you. It's a lot of hindsight's 2020, but where does that stop, you know? Yeah, I mean, I go back and I think about, you know, when I first went in the game at Minnesota, like in 2010, like I knew I was ready to play. Like I knew what I was capable of. I think that made like the transition for me easier because my teammates knew what I was capable of. I'm not saying I went in there and I was, you know, Joe Montana or anything like that, Tom, but like, it's just my teammates knew what I was capable of. And I think that's why we were able to hit the ground running a little bit when I went in there. But, you know, there were members of you know the coaching staff. And again, I don't know, but I've always thought this, that there are members of coaching staff that probably didn't want me playing quarterback, which is why, you know, at the time I was third on the depth chart. Um, and if you remember that, it was, you know, Rob Bowen was our starter. He mm-hmm. got a concussion. 
He got a concussion mm-hmm. in that Minnesota game. And then Kevin Newsom had, he, he had like a stomach bug or he was sick. Right. So that's, you know, when they said, all right, Matt, you go in, you know, so like they had no choice. They, you know, they had no choice, Tom. Um, mm. But again, like, it's just, it's a, I think it's a confidence thing as well. You know, and Veyu certainly had that on Saturday, man. He looked really, really calm. So I want to dive into a little bit of what he did. I want to kind of go piece by piece with you because, again, uh, quarterback to quarterback, there's nobody better to break this down. So um, when he goes into the game in the first few drives, what did you think of his command of the offense? I think you got a good sense early on, Tom, like, even one of like the first plays, right? You know, pass play, sitting in the pocket, sit, sit, boom, he sees a lane, he goes and he runs for 15 yards. And it's like, okay, all right, this guy, this guy gets it a little bit. Smart. Right? He did some, yeah, he did some really good things for somebody that played in their first game. You know, what I was impressed with was that he did what he had to do to win. He threw the football extremely well outside the pocket on the move, made a lot of good reads, good decisions with the, uh, with the football for the most part. Yeah, did he miss some deep throws, Tom? Yeah, sure, but that's timing. That's reps with your wide receivers, reps he hasn't probably gotten. And you know, I give him a ton of credit because he won this football game. It's not like he went into a 17-0 game, went in, just managed the offense. No, he didn't do that. He went out there. He executed the game plan. Um, and what I love too, Tom, he gave guys chances to make plays. One-on-one, 50-50 balls. You saw, him, you saw him stand in the pocket multiple times. That one throw to Parker Washington across the middle, he took a massive hit, mm-hmm. right? For a young guy to be able to do that, understand that, keep his eyes downfield, right? He's not looking at rush. He's not catching it. Where's my first read? Where's my pr- first progression? I don't have it. Now I'm looking to scramble. Now I'm looking to create. I mean, this guy was looking to throw the football. Very comfortable. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it was impressive. Again, he just, you know, he 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 managed the game. He did what he had to do. Found completions. At no point in time did he look rattled either. You know, yeah, that Which, was it. And again, yeah. everybody was pointing at oh, Taquan Roberson enters against Iowa and he looked very uncomfortable. Well, I mean, I mean let's I mean, let's yeah, right, like to, to put, it's apples to oranges is what yeah, I'm saying. And, and went in in three yeah. versus four on the road, hostile yeah. environment. Starting quarterback goes out unexpectedly. Like there's so many factors that made uh, the Roberson star, uh, mm-hmm. game against Iowa and the Veyu game against Rutgers completely different ends of the mm-hmm. spectrum. Yeah, because it's, look, this Rutgers game is a game you expected to win. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, you kind of always know, like, wait, when you go into the game, I can just do what I have to do to win. And that's what VU did. Like, that Iowa game, when Roberson gets thrown in there, man, you know you know what you're up against as a quarterback. You know how, mm-hmm. how tough that is to be to find completions, how loud it is. Getting in and out of the huddle is is just a struggle sometimes, Tom. So, certainly the environments were, were a lot different. But there there was no lack of production there was no step down when he went in the game just took right over Mm -hmm. right and that's i I think we talked about this before on the podcast that goes back to what what are your backup quarterbacks doing what are your backups doing in general throughout a week of practice leading up to the game right are they just standing back there saying yeah you know you know whatever if i have to play maybe i'll play or are they preparing as if they're going to play Right? Are they taking good notes? Are they actually watching film and understanding what's going on? Are they doing their part? Are they doing their job? And and like this moments like this 
shows what you're doing. And clearly this kid was doing a fantastic job all year of just being patient, waiting for his turn, waiting for his opportunity. Um, now I've talked about it a lot. You know, this is, this is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Um, kid made the most of it. Um, and that's what you have to do because Tom is a backup quarterback. A lot of times you don't get a second chance. So now you're look, your teammates may know you can play a little bit. Your coaches may know you can play a little bit because you've done some nice things in practice, but guess what? Now the whole world knows you can play ball. So this is important for Penn state moving forward. What do you do next week now? I mean, how healthy is Sean Clifford? Um, you know, we, we've seen how vulnerable Michigan state is, especially in the secondary. Um, so, so what do you do? And again, as a backup quarterback, that's what your job is to force your coaches to make a tough decision. Like, like Iowa, you know, mm-hmm. with, with Alex Padilla and Spencer Petrus, Padilla is playing very well. Make it tough on your coaches. Make them have to make that hard decision about who to play. You read my mind. Uh, in a second, I want to ask you about what you think Penn State should do at the quarterback position versus Michigan State. And then the gigantic question that, of course, exploded out of this game is, what is the quarterback situation for 2022? Yes, Penn State fans are already looking that far down the track. And I do, uh, yes, want to talk about the Penn State defense, who, by the way, pitched a shutout, granted against a bad Rutgers offense. But still, we talk about this defense every single week. They are phenomenal, and they did exactly what we expected them to. But before we get to those questions, all of us involved in the Pater podcast are proud supporters of THON, also known as the Penn State Dance Marathon. THON is a year-long effort dedicated to raising funds and awareness for its sole beneficiary, Four Diamonds at Penn State Health Children's Hospital. THON is the largest student-run philanthropy in the world committed to enhancing the lives of children and families impacted by childhood cancer. Four Diamonds picks up where insurance leaves off to relieve financial stress and provide emotional support so that no family ever has to see a medical bill. Since 1973, THON has raised over $190 million in the fight against childhood cancer. To learn more about THON, or to donate, visit thon.org. That's T-H-O-N dot O-R-G. It's all for the kids. Make a difference in the life of a child today. And on another personal note, we want to take this opportunity to put a spotlight on mental health with a new initiative called Tag Me In. Tag Me In is simply asking for people to tag in on the conversation and help strip away the stigma around mental health. Whether you're looking to lend support, you want to talk, you want to share, maybe you need some help. We invite you to join in on the conversation. We encourage you to make a video if you'd like, post it on your social media channels and use hashtag tag me in and hashtag tag me in United. At the very least, we want to hear from you. You are not alone. Tag me in. Visit tagmeinunited.com to learn more. Okay, so quarterback versus Michigan State. Matt, let's say you're James Franklin and you're at the controls and you got to make a choice. Sean Clifford's overall health, whether it be from injury or just sickness, is kind of TBD, and we're hopefully going to learn more in the coming days. Uh, We're recording this on Sunday, so we'll see what happens. Uh, And then Christian Veyu puts up a very nice day against Rutgers, ultimately 15 of 24, 235 yards, three touchdowns, and he chipped in with 10 carries for 36 yards. So not too bad, and it doesn't hurt to see a little bit more from your freshmen. So who would you pick if it was your choice? 
Does this sound familiar to you, Tom? If he's not 100%, he shouldn't play. You're talking about Sean Clifford, I assume. So, yes. 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 Right. <laughs> I agree this with is you. Exactly, this is exactly what we talked about prior to the Illinois game. Mm -hmm. If he's not 100%, he should not play. Right. Because it's not like, look, if, you're, if you can fully practice throughout the week at whatever, you know, you look great every single day, then you should play. Obviously, everybody's dealing with, you know, some something right now, Tom, mm -hmm. right? You know, ankle may hurt, your shoulder, whatever it may be. But if you can still play up to, you know, a starter standard, then you should play. But in Sean Clifford's case, if he's not 100%, he shouldn't play because he's been dealing with this injury all year. And now you know how your backup quarterback can play. And also, Tom, like, you look at where Penn State is right now, seven and four. I need to see what I have, right? Great. You played great at home against the Rutgers football team. But let's see what you can do on the road in East Lansing versus an eight and two football team, a nationally ranked football team. That's right? ticked off. Right, exactly. How are you going to handle that? How are you going to handle the crowd? How are you going to handle this offense, right? Can you be able to operate in that atmosphere, right? We need to be able to see that. And I think it's the time to do it. So, I mean, if for, for how tough of a decision I'm sure that is to make for James Franklin and Mike Yurcich because, you know, you do feel bad for Sean Clifford, right? You never want to see somebody lose their job because of an injury. But again, clearly he's just, he's not himself. Yeah. So, you know, you don't want to see him continue to go back out there and play injured or play hurt or not be able to play up to his standard. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so, I mean, I think, I think it's, I think it's Veyu time. <laughs> uh, I, I said this before on this podcast and, you know, I like to say, I told you so is that, you know, Sean Clifford should have been getting rest instead of playing against the likes of Villanova, the likes of ball state. I said it after the Wisconsin game, I said it going into the Illinois game. Not only do you have a buy and you have two weeks let the guy heal up. And if you're back up, take Juan Roberson. And now we're all looking at it being like, why didn't Christian Veyu play against Illinois? But again, hindsight's 2020. You had opportunities to rest this guy for a season that at one point looked like it was bound for the college football playoff. You didn't take them. My, my I'll, I'll separate this. My brain tells me that based on track record, James Franklin's going to look at Sean Clifford and be like, Hey, if you can go, you're starting. Not 100%, kind of like what you were saying. Like, just if you're breathing, he'll put him out there because it's Sean Clifford. He's been there the long, a long time. He's been the starter. He's performed well at times. There's all those things that you understand why James Franklin makes those decisions, and he has historically. But obviously, my heart, like a lot of Penn State fans, having watched the game, what, what do you have to lose with Christian Veyu playing against Michigan State? You're not going to the college football playoff. You're not going to the Big Ten title game. You'll wind up in a bowl game that is whatever at this point. What, what is the downside to seeing what Christian Veyu is all about? And it leads me into my next question, because going into 2022, Matt, now you have a gigantic conundrum. Christian Veyu just made that argument for himself against Rutgers, right? Incoming is the highly touted prospect, Drew Allar, right? And now there's the lingering question that a lot of people have in the back of their head 
is Sean Clifford going to come back for another year of eligibility that he was given because of COVID-19? So if you had your druthers, (laughs) what do you do if you're the coaching staff? I see sitting here today, if I had a sixth year, I probably would have went back just to have one more year with Bill O'Brien. That could have been something. I think, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I wish I had, you know, I wish I had the opportunity. Imagine what that would have done for Hackenberg. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Um, You know, yeah, again, you definitely wish I had one more year to to play for Bill O'Brien. So, I mean, I mean, that's certainly a conversation he needs to have with his family. He needs to have with Franklin. He needs to have with Yersich. And it's got to be a conversation as to where it's like, okay, I'm coming back but it's my job, right? We're, we're not, this isn't a situation where I'm coming back for another year and it's going to be an open competition at the quarterback mm-hmm. spot here at Penn State. I'm coming back, it's my job, right? I mean, I think I think he, he's, he's earned the right to have that conversation. He's earned the right to get an honest answer too from James Franklin and Mike Yersich because I think that's, that's almost more important than anything. Um, because the last thing you want is a coach to sit there and tell you that, oh, yeah, 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 everything's great. Come on back for another year and then enter training camp. And Right, we're going with the kid or we're, kids. We're, we're, we're going, yeah, we're going with the incoming freshman to, to be our guy here for the next three or four seasons. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do moving forward. I think he can benefit from another year at Penn State. Um, I do. I mean, and and because, and if he, look, if he, if he had played, as inconsistent as he's played over these past few weeks all year. And then I would say, hey, James Franklin, Mike, you're sitting down the conversation where, listen, Sean, we appreciate everything you've done for our program, but we're not going to have you back for a sixth year. Okay? But Tom, looking at the way he played early this year, before Mm -hmm. the injury, Mm -hmm. I mean, how can you not, you know what I mean? How can you not, as a coach, entertain the idea of having him around Oh, you have to the program for one more year, mm-hmm. right? Because again, we've talked about it again. Imagine if he stayed healthy all year, how, how different this team might have looked. Uh, you know, the position that they may be in now. You know, you one loss team, maybe. You know, you just you know, mm-hmm. what if? But it, it's a, it's been a they have options. They have options. It's been a heartbreaking season to the point that you're just saying it's been a season of what ifs because we saw the peaks and we've been in the valleys and it's just a matter of what this could have been is so frustrating uh and now James Franklin uh excluding the Michigan State game is 11 and 9 between 2020 and 2021 um it's not 500 like I talked about but it ain't that much better so there's that to consider um so I want to Shelf the quarterback talk for now. We're going to probably dive into that more on Friday. Uh, Let's turn our attention to the Penn State defense. They had a hell of a day. Again, they had a hell of a day. But at the same time, uh, we kind of had a hunch going into this, and you had pointed to it, is that if um, Isaiah Pacheco, if the running game could really get going for Rutgers, they would have a a chance. The game being largely on the shoulders of Noah Vidral, it just went south in a hurry. Uh, That Penn State defense was electric. What did you think? Yeah, great day of punting as well. Yes, a lot of practice. <laughs> so but I'm saying they, they did a great job. I mean, Penn State special teams there did a great job of forcing Rutgers into a lot of backed up situations, right? A lot of long fields to play with. And Penn State's defense did a great job of taking um, advantage of that. And look, we knew 
the only way Rutgers was going to win this football game or have a chance there is if Penn State beat themselves, right? If Penn State put them in his position, let them hang around um, and just not really show up. I thought Tangelo made some great plays for them. Kaziah uh, made some great plays as well. A little undisciplined at, at times, which I didn't, you know, was unexpected. You know what I mean? Is I didn't there see in particular that or no, just I'm the saying, defense as a whole? I'm saying the defense as a whole. You had the flag okay. by Joey Porter, the late hit by Brown, offside Brandon Smith, the running to the kicker. You know, there was a few moments where you're kind of, you're like, that's a little shocking. But look, it happens, you know, and now, you know, we're, we're sitting here and just we're looking for stuff. You know, like that. But no, like there's so like I was really pleasantly surprised because of how putrid the first half was. Not defensively, obviously, it was a great defensive effort the first half because there was no scoring by Rutgers. Yeah. But to ultimately, you know, hit the gas there in the fourth quarter, and uh, at least in that fourth quarter, it felt like a blowout. So there's a lot of reason to be positive about this. And and every single week, you and I are like, how do we try and find? items to critique within yeah. this defense and it's a challenge it's really hard yeah this is it i picked out i picked out a few you know flags <laughs> i picked out a few flags from the defense if but- anything matt it encourages you joey porter jr in particular you just touched on him a little bit i've said it before i think the starting five defensive backs for penn state right now uh brisker brown castro fields hardy and porter jr are all future nfl mm-hmm. players uh and draft picks um Joey Porter Jr., once he cleans up his points of contact and the penalties, what what do you think mm. the ceiling is for this guy? It's it's through the roof. That's how good of a mm. football player is. And like that's what I think that's what you were just hinting at, Tom, is that we talk about the small stuff that this defense does because we don't expect them to make mistakes. And, right? and they rarely do. Exactly. But those are the expectations, you know, of this Penn State defense. Um, you know. Which is fantastic, and I, those guys should hold themselves to that standard as well. And it seems like they do. Um, there was nothing downfield all day for Rutgers, right? It's it's not like Rutgers is a strong passing football team. But again, Noah Vegel has played a lot of football, right? He can get the job done at the quarterback position, passing, throwing there. But there was nothing there for him. Um, mm-hmm. You can't you can't run inside versus this Penn State defense. You just can't do it. Uh, what's going to be interesting to see is how. Michigan State, and we'll get there with uh, with our podcast on Friday. But how Michigan State preps for them, mm-hmm. right? With, with, with Kenneth Walker, I think that's gonna, this this front seven versus Kenneth Walker. This is going to be one of the best matchups we see all year. Um, you know, so it's going to be. I mean, who's going to be more physical? Um, you know, that's that's going to be a good one to watch. But I mean, again, th- this defense has delivered time and time again, um, and it's uh, it's really it's really something to watch. And Brent Pry is, I mean. What else can you say, uh, you know, about he's that for guy and the job the he's done? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's impressive, man. It really is. And it's a, it's funny. You, you were texting me during the game about you can't run inside against mm-hmm. Penn State, and it's pretty much pick your poison. Do you want to run to the perimeter and get destroyed by guys like Ellis Brooks and Curtis Jacobs, and the secondary who tackles extremely well at the line of scrimmage, or do you want to go inside? And the one thing that's been really spectacular to see, and I'm curious what you think. Um, PJ Mustafer gets injured in the middle of the Iowa game, lost for the season. The games that followed, uh, the Illinois game especially, you could feel Derek Tangelo was kind of finding his groove a little bit as moving from, you know, Mustafer was the disruptor, and then Tangelo was obviously kind of, uh, I don't know how to put it, but not necessarily playing that role. Now Tangelo seems mm-hmm. to be the guy who's the most disruptive lineman outside of Arnold Abichetti. Uh, what have you seen in particular from Tangelo that's gotten us to this point? More confidence, I think, 
from those guys, you know, that that internal portion of of the defensive line. And that's why I brought them up because, you know, they they deserve to, you know, have some credit thrown their way from from the way that they've um grown and developed in such a short time, right? Cuz it, it's hard to learn and and develop and get better in season. You know what I mean when you're unexpectedly called upon. Um and and those those, those guys have done that, which again, which is why I felt like, you know, you know bring their names up and uh you know give give them some credit because again you know Dangelo and, and Kaziah they, they made some really good plays for Penn State on Saturday well and you've experienced it is that for those guys who need to learn you're typically uh in a position where you can afford to have mechanics taught a little bit more during practice as opposed to hey if you're starting it's like we don't necessarily have time to sit there and talk about little itty bits of fundamentals we've got to install the game plan so uh, that's that's very encouraging to hear. And honestly, hats off to Arnold Abiketti. I, I mm-hmm. think he gets a ton of praise. But let's not forget a transfer from Temple. Um, nothing against the Temple football program, but obviously uh, a lesser tier of FBS football. So naturally, when a guy transfers from a school like that, and Derek Tangelo, who came from Duke, ACC football is nothing to sneeze at, but still in the grand scheme of things, you're looking at the SEC and the Big Ten as the two big Goliaths. Um, these two guys came in and seamlessly fit in and have excelled to the point that Arnold Abichetti is one of the best pass rushers in the entirety of the Big Ten and is playing himself into opportunities on Sundays. So it, it's just been spectacular to see the growth throughout the year. Uh, and the defense, honestly, just anchoring everything Penn State does. So um, Penn State gets out with a 28 to nothing win on senior day. A lot of positivity, finally. That's something that crowd needed at Beaver Stadium. It was a cold, uh, not pleasant day. The stuff with Sean Clifford early on clearly didn't give a lot of uh, positivity to those people there. But you could tell when Christian Veyu went into the game that everybody, both sides of the ball, were energized. And I want to ask you about this, is that you've lived that, where you've been the backup, and it surprises people, and it's like, oh, it energizes you. It's just, it's one of those intangibles that you just can't put your finger on it with a statistic or analytics. It it was just the emotional side of the game. When you watched it, what did it bring back for you? Yeah, I mean, definitely brought back memories of, of, of playing and having the opportunity to, you know, go into a game that you haven't started. Right. You know, um, you know, a game where you have to go in and play well, lead your football team to to a victory. Um, and again, like I, I talk about it a lot um, that, you know, it's it's because of my teammates. That's it. Not, it's not, wasn't that even necessary about the coaches. <laughs> you know, it's about the teammates. That's why I was able to go in there and hit the ground run and play with confidence, um, be calm. Um, I knew what I had to do in, in terms of, you know, the game plan or running an offense. Um, but when you walk in that huddle, man, you know, and, and you're looking at 10 sets of eyes, Tom, right? It's like, do these guys support you or do they not want you in there? <laughs> so, I mean, and for me, thank God they supported me. They knew what I was capable of doing. Um, we all respected one another. And that comes from practice that comes from the weight room that comes from off-season conditioning drills um what are you doing during that time to earn their trust and to earn their respect right guys know whether you're going 100 percent every single day and trying to get better because you want to play and you want to be a part of the team and you want to help contribute and they know guys that don't want to be there they know guys that are going through the motions 
right? Everyone can tell. Um, so again, for me, that's what made that easiest. When I went to that game, those guys knew that, you know, th- there wasn't going to be any lack in, lack in production. We were going to continue to roll, right? We all trusted one another. We all knew exactly what we had to do. And it seems like that's what VU has now. It seems like that team supports him. Um, you know, that it seems like that team believed in him. And what's, you got to remember, I was a redshirt sophomore when I went in 2010 against Minnesota. Um, that was my third year in the program. What's so impressive is that this kid's a freshman. And it seems like this team is already rallying around him, man. So again, hats off to him. I, I, I give him all the credit in the world for the job he did Saturday. We'll see who the signal caller is on Saturday. Uh, Penn State versus Michigan State. That is in East Lansing. It is a 3.30 p.m. Eastern kick on ABC. And in fact, it is uh, game number 100 for James Franklin as the head coach of the Nittany Lions. So his record currently stands at 67 and 32 that is roughly a 67 percent win percentage i've harped on it a lot but at this point between 2020 and 2021 not including what happens against michigan state he's currently 11 and 9 you guys do the math in terms of how that could shake out in the wake of this victory against rutgers there have been rumors that this podcast is coming out monday um there's been discussion about his future being addressed tomorrow um, we're not going to dive into any specifics uh, just because we're going to not and choose to keep that to ourselves. Um, Matt, what do you think the future holds for James Franklin? Or I guess the better question is, what should the future be for James Franklin at Penn State? I I, I honestly don't know, Tom. Like that that's, you know what I mean? I, I, I just, this whole year, I'm, I, I, are you staying? Are you not staying? Do you want to be here? Do you not want to be here? Um, you know, he talked a lot about right being loyal to the program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then, you know, uh, I saw something that at the quarterback club lunch, he mentioned that he's staying right. And that he'll discuss his that future. he's not going anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. That he'll, he'll discuss his future on Tuesday. Is that correct? Did you see that? That's what I've been reading. Yes. I mean, we'll see then like in this, like, College NFL in this game, Tom, like, I, I don't think when it comes to where coaches are going or how much money is being thrown at at everyone, I, I don't think you could ever be shocked or surprised. Um, You know, I mean, so, I mean, we'll see. All we can do is sit here and wait. Um, He's obviously done some great things at Penn State. Um, You know, he's trying to do a lot more, it seems like, right? There have been talks of, you know, a new weight room and, and stuff like that, just just trying to improve, improve facilities, um, you know, which is great. But I, I honestly don't know. I really don't. Um, so we just have to wait and see at this point. Who knows? Tomorrow should be fun. And I can't wait for Friday's edition of the podcast where we will react to whatever happens this week. Uh, we will be previewing the Penn State-Michigan State game. That is going to be a tough one for the Nittany Lions. So uh, thank you all very much for joining us. I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving to those of you celebrating here in the United States. We're very fortunate to have a global audience. So if you're not celebrating Thanksgiving, just have a great week. I hope you guys are spectacular. And we'll see you Friday for another edition of Pater. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. 
There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.